0: You folks see that flashing sign up there? Now that sign says Applesauce. No, no. I'm, I'm kidding. It says applause. Ray, do me a favor. Could you flick that once? All right. Now, remember, you're all, you're all a big part of the show. So the better you are, the better Larry is. Okay, now you see this gentleman? Now he's giving me this, uh, this sign and it says we're on in 10 seconds, so get ready to have a good time all right here we go this is exciting isn't it
1: in five four three two did we
0: make it are we back
1: How you doing? Welcome to episode 32 of 300 Bucks Damage. I'm Gortep on Long Island, joined as always by Ham City Kev in Queens. Hey now, Gortep! Hey now, Ham City Kev. I got a question for you. I got an answer for you. What was the first CD you ever owned? Ooh. The first CD I ever owned. Well
0: not purchased, right? Just owned. Just owned. It's like it was the first time you had a CD and you went, "Wow, I have a CD. It was a big deal." Uh, well, you know, I'm going to go way back. Um before I
1: actually used CDs, I got a free CD from Coca-Cola as part of a giveaway in conjunction with the 1992 Summer Olympics. <laughs> okay? And that was my first CD, but I didn't have anything to play it on. So I don't think I got a CD player until a few years later when the first real CDs that I got, because I got a, you know, that doesn't really count. Right. The first real CDs I got were Queen CDs. It was a box set. It was classic wow, nice. Queen and... Queen's greatest hits and then a bonus CD had Thank God It's Christmas, which is a rare Queen Christmas song and an interview with Queen. How about you? The first
0: CD I ever owned was uh MTV Party to Go 6. <laughs> Cuz I uh, I remember really wanting Regulate. Oh, by, uh, Nate Dog and Warren G. <laughs> but uh the the first CDs I ever purchased, it was one of these things where um uh, you know, someone was joining fucking Columbia House or BMG, you know, one of those rip-off joints. And uh, they said, you know, oh, hey, you know, let me, I'll get you two CDs if you give me however much money it was. Or it was some kind of gimmick. I don't remember what it was. But I ended up getting uh, two Nirvana albums. Of course, the Nevermind is the staple. And uh, Incesticide, which was phenomenal for a month and then has sucked since for the rest of eternity.
1: Which is the one with the naked baby on it? That's never, never mind. Mind. Never okay. mind What's up with that all having a naked baby on it?
0: Who the fuck knows, man?: You realize like there's that a lot baby of shit is going on with nirvana yeah. that didn't make sense? Oh, I feel like I saw a story about that baby recently. I was going to say, the baby's got to be like a college
1: graduate by now.
0: Uh, not necessarily. I mean, if that was taken in say, 1990, it would be 20.:
1: All right, so, so whoever, close.
0: That, whoever that baby is, he's coming close
1: think he gets royalties from that No, i doubt it kind of like your buddy who was on the wrestling album what my chiropractor no no the guy who's
0: always looks like he's surprised no <laughs> yeah i know what you're talking about yeah, uh, yeah, kind of like him. He was on the cover. The back of his head was on the cover of uh, a wrestling album, and uh, right. he didn't. Yeah, he got no royalties for that. <laughs> there's a guy. If you guys
1: know the album, what is it? Volume seven. God, I, don't I don't even know what it is. Fucking know what volume <laughs> it is. No the guy. <laughs> the guy. There's a wrestling album by WWE, and the cover of it is just a guy's back of his head and his arm stretched, like he's hand reaching for something, but he didn't get paid for it. So of course not. There you go. <laughs> well, interesting mm-hmm. trivia. But good way to start things out because this week's topic is the 1990s and CDs were a big part of the 90s, the 90s Huge. culture. So they
0: are to the 90s what MP3s were to the 2000s?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair statement and tapes to the 80s and records to the 70s and before. Right. Or so 8
0: tracks to the 70s maybe.
1: I don't think 8 tracks were ever really mainstream. Sure they were. Nah, eight tracks were like mini discs, dude.
0: <laughs> wow, mini discs.
1: Yeah. Holy
0: shit. Yeah. How do you like that? Three hundred bucks damage right there.
1: Yeah. So mini that's discs. mini discs were to the nineties what eight tracks were to the seventies. That would be an SAT question. So
0: <laughs> if you say so.
1: Well it's an analogy. But uh yeah, no, nobody would equate that. So anyway, um CDs, uh big collectible to you. Did you
0: have a big tape collection in the '80s before you, get, you got to the '90s? I had a big tape collection in the early '90s. Oh, okay. I didn't really start collecting tapes until like 1990 1991 and then uh it just so happened and then around ninety five I think I got a CD player, and then I had to start replacing everything, you know you know stuff like that. but' the good thing about the tapes were it they were so easy to copy. I mean, sure, it was illegal, right, but everyone fucking did it. And no one cared, and everyone loved it. So it was like you get a ninety-minute blank cassette, and you could put like, uh, or better yet, there were like one hundred and twenty-minute blank cassettes that were out there, and you could fit you know two metallic albums on it. So it would save space. It was a uh, it was a big space saver actually. Yeah, I and, loved those. Uh, a lot of uh, probably half the tapes I had were mixtapes, which was you know one of my biggest passions of the decade. Were you a big mixtape guy? Absolutely always. Were you, were you as obsessive as like I was, where I was like, okay, I want to hit record in such a way so you don't hear the pop later on? Of course, on? of
1: course, yeah. That was It was an art form, building a mixtape. In fact, it High really Fidelity, was. high fidelity. the book, and then uh, the movie with John Cusack, they make a lot, you know, they talk a lot about it. It really was, like, you'd pick the songs, it had to be special. Like, I can remember having all of the songs picked out. You know, it takes a long time to pick all the songs out, and then Putting them in an order, in a specific order, was a big right. deal. You know, you mm-hmm. had to get it, you know, in a certain sequence, and then you wanted to make it sound as if it was professionally done. And right. I, an obsessive compulsive person like me, would even then, you know, if it was a ninety-minute tape and forty-five minutes on each side, I'd want to make sure that it was balanced so that it would go as close to the forty-five minutes as possible. Of
0: course. Yes, yeah,
1: so you wouldn't have all that dead air at the end waiting for of it to course. finish Yeah, flip. and you
0: have to do the, the weird tape math in your head where it's like, okay, so this is 3 <laughs> minutes and 34 seconds plus 4 minutes and 47 seconds. That right. leaves me with, wait a minute, hang on. Yeah, oh, that was rough.
1: <laughs> right, because then seconds go to 60 and you're like adding 100 seconds. like, oh, no,
0: what is that? That would be a minute right. and 40 seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing is, I, I still get a kick out of doing things like that. Uh, if, like, I ever have like a couple people over uh, the apartment, I just go on my iTunes, and it's actually kind of nice because I could say I'm gonna make a 70 song playlist, which you couldn't do with yeah. tapes, you know. Mm-hmm. But you just do it; it takes two seconds. But I still, I'll take like an hour or two just putting it together and, like, seriously listening to see how does this song flow into that song, and you know, like, try to not. Fuck up the tempo, you know what I mean? Just keep it slow at the beginning, make it, you know, yeah. get it going, and then bring it back down towards the end. I love doing that, man. Absolutely for me, love doing that.
1: What I've done with the Zoom, which you know everybody knows I, I'm a Zoom owner. If you listen to this program, I'm the only one, but it's the same as iPod and iTunes, anyway. Right? Um, I've created a playlist for every year of my life, starting with 1986. So. The songs, whatever songs I was – they're not necessarily released from that year. It's whatever I associate with that year, songs that I listened to in that year. So I have, you know, 1990, 91, 92, and I went back. You know, it took me a long time to try and figure out and, and differentiate the years and whatever. Right. But if I ever am feeling nostalgic, which obviously I do considering the show <laughs> that we have here – um I can go back and say oh, I feel like listening to my 1994 playlist.
0: I was curious if you have anything like that, of music from a certain time. Uh, similar. I mean, I have a whole shitload of playlists on uh, on iTunes. One of the things I have, I didn't, um, I never like separated it into years. I'd like to try that. Actually, I did recently for uh, the 2010 New Year. I made a small playlist of just, like, the 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 big songs of the decade for me. Like, enough to fit on a CD for if I hop in the shower, or something like that. Yeah. So it was, like, the best of the best of the decade, which wasn't that great. The fact that I was able to do it tells you where I stood on the decade musically. Whereas, you know, 90s, I wouldn't be able to do it in 50 years, fit all my favorites onto a CD. But I do have one playlist that's like i don't know like 300 songs long or something like that it's not in any kind of like order it's one of these things i just throw on shuffle if i want to mm-hmm. and uh i think the playlist is just called better days and it was it's just all the shit i listened to back then when i was like discovering music like around, yeah, in the 90s like all the bands, like you know, the Nirvana, the the White Zombie, the Veruca Salt, garbage bands like that. It, that you know, fucking Corn for Christ's sakes before they got big and they were cool. It was it was so great to discover and hear these bands for the first time, and I just it's nice to hear them all together. You know what I mean? When you get in that mood, sometimes there's the temperature in the air is just right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to describe it. Sometimes the temperature in the air is about a good sixty degrees and I get this full-on nostalgic feeling, and I just want to listen to those songs. I know what you and mean,
1: but when you said Better Days, I thought you were referring to the Goo Goo Dolls song from a couple of years ago.
0: No, don't know it. Oh, you don't sure. even know it? No. Oh. I don't listen to the radio. I stopped listening to the radio in uh, 2002, and I stopped DJing on it.
1: Yeah, I don't listen to the radio much, but every now and then I'll have it on, and, and I'll periodically I'll hear something. I'll be like, oh, that's a good song. i got to download it. So, Okay, so CDs, uh, we kind of touched on that there but one thing i wanted to mention uh because unfortunately i forgot to really bring it up last week with our 2000 show is dvds um
0: we didn't even talk about it DVDs. I know we just we kind of glanced over it i think one time wasn't one of the things i asked one time on the, one of our shows what was the first dvd you ever watched
1: uh yeah yeah that was on an old show and i think i said office space and you said the wedding singer but I just it's you know it's another thing that I, we've got to mention it started in the 90s so it's fair enough to bring it up on this program right. that the DVD from VHS to DVD was such a huge leap you know Um like CDs tape. initially uh when tapes went to CDs I resisted it because I had so many tapes I was like as did I And and the whole thing was like oh but it's better sound quality and to me that didn't make a hell of a difference what really was great about it was being able to skip from track to track you know? absolutely that that is truly what made it better um and the thing with dvds was certainly the tracks but also just and the quality but also like storage space you know it takes up half mm-hmm. half the size of a tape or if you put them in books like i have now a uh, dvd book you can just have a million of them in there um, Absolutely. And it's just so funny that now my VHS tapes, which were uh, so important to me, are basically worthless. I don't ever use a video uh, I VCR. Know. I
0: know. I have a huge stack of VHSs in my bedroom that the Virgo's been begging me to throw out for a while now. And I just go, no, how can you? you know? There's a lot of good stuff in here. I can't do it. And then finally, like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I am going to throw all of them out. Because... Hmm. I haven't touched any of them in you know the, the four years going on now that we've been living here. Not mm-hmm. once. Right. So what's the fucking point of keeping them? Well, I have the same thing, but it's just like I feel like there's so much good stuff that I would
1: kick myself that down the
0: road I'm going to want to watch something. Right. I'm not I'll saying every single one, but like a large chunk of them. Like, oh, here's a VHS that has... Edward Scissorhands taped on it. You know what? I can lose that. It, to me, it doesn't really matter. I, I just yeah. I
1: just threw out a bunch of those kinds of tapes. I just had a tape that had um, Con Air
0: on it. Oh, boy. <laughs>
1: and uh, The Late Shift.
0: With you Craig know The Late killed? Shift? No, no, that's Late Show. No, no that's Late Show is with Dave Letterman. But the, late what shift? the Late Shift.
1: That's a movie about the Leno Letterman saga. There it's you an go. HBO that's, movie.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, and Con Air was... They could was, do another
0: one of those. You think they're going to do another one of those right now? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it.
0: The one thing, just quickly, I wanted to say about the transition between tapes and CDs that uh, still kind of bums me out a little bit, a little bit, is uh, I miss having a side one and a side two. And I remember early on, like around 96, 97, you could still kind of tell, like, if you would listen to a CD from start to finish... You would still be able to tell, like, okay, that's probably where side one ends, and this is definitely the lead off into side two. But now it's like they don't even go that route anymore. It's just it's all one continuous thing, and that kind of, you know, it doesn't really matter that much. But I kind of miss having a side one and a side two.
1: Yeah, I, you could same could be said for
0: records too, you know. Oh, of course. But I mean, CDs were the first, I, I guess, were the first thing to just okay, this is it. It's one side. Although eight tracks were one-sided as well. Yeah. Did you ever get yeah. any CD singles? <sighs> Did I ever get it? Yes. Um, the reason being, there would be singles that would have, like, B-sides on them. Or, like, alternate versions of songs that, that was the only way you could get them mm. would be on the CD singles. I think I have, God, there was a time in my life when I was obsessed with Veruca Salt, and I must have eight Veruca Salt singles. But, I mean, each single has, like, four tracks on it. Right. You know, all this unreleased stuff. And it was like, the only way you can get it was to get the single. So I did a lot of that. Uh, I remember the first piece of music I ever bought was in 1991, and it was a Cuss K- single. And it was uh, it was You Could Be Mine, Guns N' Roses. Hmm. Off Use Your Illusion 2. Yeah, I bought a
1: lot of those cassette singles um, in that general time. Like, I have... Cherry Pie by Warrant and, uh, <laughs> what was it, uh, Unskinny Bop by Poison. Hell yeah. Um, I even have an old Bell Biv DeVoe. Well, I think it's Doomy, I'm not sure. But it, the, oh. in, the joke is that my brother and I give it to each other on alternating Christmases and that he what? found my MC Hammer. I have an MC Hammer single along with the Bell Biv DeVoe single. Right and uh he wraps it up in a box and gives it to me on Christmas, and then the alternating year, I give it to him and we've right. been do we've been doing this for about ten years now, and we That's always try- we always try and you know uh, when it's given to me, I try and get him to take it home, but somehow it ends up staying with me, and then <laughs> and it's just like you can't you have to give it back i mean it's just unbelievable how we do this um so there you go. Uh, another thing that I wanted to mention last week, and then we'll continue on, but and it started in the 90s, so fair enough for me to bring it up, is right. HDTV. I know you're still lagging behind on this, but good yeah, God. I,
0: I still don't buy it. I'm sure once I get an HDTV, I'll re, you know, regret waiting for it. But.
1: Dude, you need an HDTV.
0: No, you cannot, you know, I, don't, I do I don't, not need an HDTV.
1: I don't know how you could even watch. I can't even watch standard television now.
0: Well, that's, that's the thing. That's I swear to fucking God, I this the, the the deal that I've always noticed is standard definition on a standard definition TV looks fine. Standard well, def on an HD TV looks horrible. So that's why everyone with HD TVs are going, oh God, standard def sucks. Uh, yeah, because your TV sucks. That's why no, standard. No. If you watch standard I, def on my TV, it's fine. Well, nothing's wrong with it.
1: It's acceptable. Now, it, Some sets are better than others. I know what you're talking about with that, but that's not really entirely the thing because I have a set that the standard def looks as good as it would on yours. It's better, actually. But you're just so spoiled. You want that high-definition look. It's so much better. For movies, forget about it. And the widescreen, I mean, now I, lo- I can't... I don't even want to watch anything that's not widescreen. It just makes all the difference in the world. Um, that That's a huge leap. You just don't have it yet, so you haven't really experienced it. Once you I get know. into it, it'll be just like every other thing that you will be like, man, I can't believe I ever watched anything other than this. For sports, I forget know. it, man. You'll see.
0: They're cheaper the one, now. Th- the one thing I always wanted that I'll get someday when I'm older and have more money is one of those like real fancy surround sound system. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I know that you know that's. I don't think that will ever be cheap.
1: It is cheap. Well, you can get the home theater in a box deal for... Two to three hundred dollars. I'm gonna get that. I'll get well, I don't know. I don't want to spend more than you know, three or four hundred, but once I get the house and everything set up, I'm gonna have a like a ridiculous sound system with the TV and everything. It'll be like a little mini movie theater. That's my goal anyway. Yeah. You know, didn't you always want to have a movie theater in your home? That's my thing.
0: Oh sure, are you kidding? I was always jealous the White House had a movie theater and a bowling alley.
1: Well, Obama changed the bowling alley to a basketball court though, so it's no longer Did there. Did he? Yeah.
0: I heard he was like the worst basketball player in the world. Actually, that can't be true because I am the worst basketball player. In the no,
1: world. he was a great basketball player. He's the worst. Oh, he was bowler. a terrible bowler. Yeah,
0: that's what it was. Well, no wonder then.
1: Yeah, Obama right. played basketball when he was younger. He didn't, but then he did the bowling bit um, during the campaign run. and right. he, he bowled like a thirty or something ridiculous. <laughs> it really it was something that bad. It was right. Like I know. Embarrassing. I know. One other
0: thing I wanted to—I forgot to mention on last week's show. I just want to mention quickly was I loved the rise of the word douche as an insult. I loved it. It's always been there, but it was one of these words in the, the new decade where it went from being an acceptable word to a bad word, and I appreciate that.
1: Well, it used to just be douchebag, but now it's douche as a as a, a standalone noun that we just well, call people. No, It
0: was. I mean, it's douche is douche a douche is a, a douche. If you look, there are commercials back in the '90s for douche. It's like you know, oh my douche is this and that. Yeah, no, no, no. I little know, little but I'm saying around that around. you
1: used to, re- you would never refer to a person as a douche until more recently.
0: Right? Yeah, of course. Douchebag is fine. Douchebag's been around a long time. If you I mean, watch any
1: like '80s movie, they'll call the, the bad guy a douchebag.
0: Right, but I mean, just the word douche, like it really skyrocketed in the new decade, I, yeah. I like that because it's a fun word.
1: Yeah, it was always a big deal when we were learning Spanish that to shower is duchar. So
0: <laughs> I didn't every, even know that.
1: Yeah, so everybody always was like, "Oh,
0: uh-huh. okay." Oh God, that's really funny. All right, uh, let's let's go real
1: '90s now. No more of this '2000s that we forgot to mention. What do, what do you got right. on your list there?
0: What What do I got for us? Uh, well, I'm just gonna say. I was thinking. The more and more I thought about it, the um the reason why I'm so passionate about the 90s was there was so much discovery going on in my life. You know, I was discovering things about myself, discovering all this new fucking music that was just phenomenal, and I was just fell completely in love with, like, discovering girls, discovering movies. Like, I mean, there was, you know, a big part of the 90s that was fun for me was going to, like, blockbusters early on, like, sitting in the front row, you know, for, like, Jurassic Park or Independence Day or, like, Terminator 2, things like that. But then I always remember at some point, I guess in ninety six ninety seven something like that, you know, I just went to the video store and I'd heard all these things about clerks, and I'm like, all right, well, let me rent this weird ass fucking black and white movie that no one's ever heard of, and you're blown away, and you said, this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen and then it just it was a great feeling to be able to, to to say, you know, I don't have to necessarily listen to Hollywood, like what else is out there?" Holy yeah. shit, here's this movie, Swingers, that was like, never got promoted. And it was fucking great, you know? When I was young, I'm like, this is such a fucking great movie. That movie's like fucking uh, dazed and confused. I mean, that was a little bit more mainstream. But in general, I mean, it was like a home video kind of... That's where I think it got its popularity. You know what's funny? Empire Records, although Empire Records is total dog shit now, and I can't watch it anymore. But loved it as a kid.
1: There's, um... I know this one spilled out to become way too commercial and, and uh, goofy sw- sequels and everything. But another movie in that same uh, sort of uh, area would be Austin Powers, that it, it was not a commercial oh, success. Yeah. But then when it hit video, everybody's like, oh, my God, you've got to see this Austin Powers and this Dr. Right. Evil. And then what happened was they made a sequel, which was a huge success. And they really centered the whole movie around Dr. Evil because he was – he was like a very small part of the first one, but the best part of the first one. Right. And then I, I personally like the second one better than the first. How about you?
0: Oh, not me. No. Uh I was t- it was one of these things where I had s- the first one was almost kind of played out for me by the time I saw the second one. So, it was like a lot of the same old jokes and it was kind of like all right. You know, and it was like Sure, he would. He would do variations on like the Doctor Evil sh- thing. He would just do the zip it, and it was just like, okay, it's the we know you varied it, but it's the same fucking joke. And it just it that kind of stuff bothered me. I did love at the end though the uh, the whole cock and hot nuts and Woody that was and really like funny. That. Yeah, that was very funny. that part funny. was really great. That was really fantastic. Just the length that it went to, it just kept going and going and going. and You think how much more can there be? And it would just keep going. That was really great. Loved that. Yeah. Office Space, by the way, was another completely... got mm-hmm. nothing in the theaters. Yeah. Total, uh, well, I wouldn't say home cassette. I would say home DVD. Yeah. I have a
1: story about Office Space that I should have seen it in the theater, but I didn't see it in the theater. Really? Um, why not? I'll tell you. I had a date planned in... And- hmm early 99 with a girl by the name of Joe. She was uh adorable. Long story, maybe I'll tell that story another time, but whatever, um it was uh, early 99 and our our buddy the drunk pedestrian was uh-huh. coming up to uh visit us at Newport. So anyway, my date with Joe was scheduled for Friday night and we were going to go see analyze this. Uh, the drunk pedestrian comes up on Thursday. We're hanging out, and he goes, "Yeah, let's go see the movie. Go to the movie." And uh, I said, "Well, I'm going tomorrow, but um, if, if you want to see it, because he wanted to see, analyze this." So we go to see it, um, and he says, "You should take that girl tomorrow to go see this this movie called Office Space." And I was like, "Office Space? I have no idea what that is." And he goes, "Oh, it's great! It's..." This guy who just decides to stop going to work—I saw it last week. You got to go see it; it's hysterical. I go. I've never seen a commercial for this movie. I don't know what you're talking about. I already told her I'm going to go take her to see this movie. Analyze this. Um, I'm going to take her to see Analyze This. And that's it. That's the end of the story. I'm sorry. I saw Analyze This on back-to-back nights, but that's, I should have seen Office Space because that's, that's yeah, like you a billion times more memorable than Analyze This.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. One thousand percent. Right. But that's that's another area we can go to. Just being able to be uh, at that point because we were both kids of nineteen eighty, so we became teenagers in the nineties. Became a little bit more independent in the nineties, you know. And like, was it a thrill for you to be able to say like, you know what, like I'm gonna go out without my parents. I'm gonna yeah. go out with my friends and just hang out.
1: Yeah, I can remember like going out to the mall or going to. Um like the Nassau Coliseum to see wrestling, or um, uh, you know, any kind of a thing that you could do on your own, uh, even if it was just local, like playing basketball in the schoolyard or something. Right. Which we would do with without parental supervision. That was right. and super then, cool. Then
0: once once people got cars, forget it. Well, that it was, that was yeah, a total blast.
1: Honestly, that was my dream all along. As I, I never was a big bike kid. Like everybody was like, oh, I'll ride my bike there. That was like whatever. Um, actually, you know what? I'm thinking back to one of the first like independent things like that that I can remember doing um, was playing pool at a local pool hall we used to go to um, in the mid early to mid-90s, and they had a Street Fighter II video game there that oh, boy. people would play. Um, and I remember another one of those kinds of things is, uh, you know, living on Long Island, we took a train into New York. I want to say... 1995, maybe it was 90, maybe it was 96, but uh, I was 14 or 15, either way. And we went to go see the Conan O'Brien show, me and oh, a few nice. friends, and that was really cool. Yeah, you know, late night with Conan O'Brien, which they filmed it at five o'clock, I believe, or mm-hmm. five thirty on a Friday at NBC, and that was really fun. And we just kind of hung around New York for the night and came back later on. And you got on.
0: to see, uh, you, you realized how tall Conan was, and you got to see him do "Hunka Hunka Burning Love," right? Uh, hunka hunka burnin' love. Yeah, that's what he used to do to warm up the crowds.
1: He didn't do that when I went there. Oh, no, they had another joker warming up the crowd. But he was gigantic, and yeah, uh, I can remember clear as day. He's walking out, and he's shaking hands, like the Jay Leno handshake bit, I guess. But it was not for right. TV. He's like shaking everybody's hand, and uh, my buddy Adam Ratskin is sitting next to me. And he goes, hey, Conan. And he reaches out his hand as Conan's shaking everybody's hand around him. Conan looks him square in the eye and then just walks right past him and shakes somebody else's mm. hand.
0: Wow. What yeah. a dick.
1: It was really weird. Yeah. What a dick. I remember. Um, glad he lost his show. Which I believe. There, but... um, no, I'm not glad he lost his show. I was a big fan. Me neither.
0: I'm just fucking around here.
1: I'm trying to remember who was on the show that I went to. Corbin Burnson. That's who it was.
0: Hey!
1: So, Roger Dorn, among yeah, others. Did, did
0: anyone yeah. stuff the ball down his fucking throat? <laughs> no.
1: He didn't tank another play. <laughs> so,
0: okay. Shut lots. up, Dorn. I would have I haggled him just yelled that out. <laughs> Set <sentence>. up, Dorn. <laughs>
1: uh, rookie fuckwad can't take a fucking joke. Real fucking funny, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> All
0: right, all right, knock that shit off.
1: We got to do a major league show one of these weeks.
0: Yeah, we do. Hats for back one and two. Major league two is one of the most underrated sequels. Although I have to say, any any time it's uh you know Charlie Sheen's love life, I could care less. And yeah. Thank God for DVDs because you could just skip right next to the next <laughs> baseball scene. And thinking of videotapes,
1: I you know I just remembered like um, we would always have. I'm sure you were the same as that you'd have two movies or three movies on one tape. Do you ever do that? Oh yeah, sure. And the the tape that I had that had major league on it, the second movie was Child's Play with oh, Chucky. Nice. So I just always remember like if I wanted to watch Childs Play, I would fast forward past Major League. I'd be like fast forward and then stop play. Ugh, still stolen major league stop play. Right. You know. <laughs> and um or if I was watching Major League and just left
0: it on, I'd be like, Oh, I'll watch Child's Play, what the hell? The other great thing about VHS is that uh, we forgot to mention, and I know you were a gigantic practitioner of this, was specifically going to the point where it's about to get really funny or really good and stopping it there. <laughs> that way, the next time you grab the tape and you pop it in and hit play, it's immediately at the awesome point.
1: How did you know that? Was there something that I had that we put on one time and was right at the I moment? I think so. Yeah, I think it was something that you just put on. It was like the best part. I was just <laughs> started dying hysterically. That was totally the deal. Yeah, and I can remember, um, and maybe, and if it wasn't, that, it was at least an inside joke. At the very least, it was an inside joke. Um, in New Paltz, my roommate and I had a math teacher whose last name was Ravi Shankar, which is the same as that, I guess, the guru from the Beatles or something. Okay. So. There was a, a spot in Wayne's World where he's talking to Cassandra, and he says, "During my hanging out with Ravi Shankar phase, when he's checking to see if she'd stay with him." And we used to all, whenever we'd watch it, we'd always go back to that part and stop it there, and just make sure that when we picked it back up, it would always be at the hanging out with Ravi Shankar phase part. Yeah. Uh,
0: or Back I to the Future, it. we'd
1: have it right when the red logs about to blow. You know. <laughs> 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 You just put the tape in, hit play, and all of a sudden the red
0: log's about to blow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. God damn, I kind of missed that. I mean, you can technically still do that with DVDs. Eh. But it's not the same. No, it's not. It's totally not. It's not the same. And I, I don't think that every DVD player has like the memory for every DVD you own to say, "Hey, I'll start this off where you last stopped it." You know, I, I don't know what the memory of a DVD player is. If it's like, maybe it goes like another 10 DVDs and then it says, all right, well, fuck this one. They I don't, don't know how that works. I don't, ago.
1: I haven't noticed that. There was only one time I ever noticed that. That was at Lou's birthday. Were you at Lou's birthday that year? I don't no. think you were. Okay. Did no, I ever wasn't. tell you this story? Lou from uh, the Bucket Cast. Yeah. Did I ever tell you this one or no? Maybe. All right. It's Friday the 13th and I don't know, it was... Say there's like 15, 20 of us hanging out in his living room. And they put on, oh, it's Friday the 13th. Let's put on Friday the 13th. So they put on Friday the 13th. And um, we're watching it for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And then I start talking shit with Lou about WrestleMania 3. <laughs> Oh, God. And he's like, oh, put it on. I was like, only if you'll do the pro, the Sa- Randy Savage promo and the Ricky Steamboat promo while it plays. So he's like, fine, you fine. You did fine.
0: tell me this story, actually. But okay. Keep going.
1: All right. So we popped the uh, Friday the 13th DVD out, much to the chagrin of the people who were enjoying it. Put on WrestleMania three. Um, Lou.
0: I'm sure that was a very popular move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: well, a lot of the guys there actually were wrestling people, but whatever. All right. So... Uh, we put on the thing. Lou does the promos, which is like the highlight of my life, watching Lou recite these promos verbatim uh, from heart. You're going to
0: have to have a YouTube playlist this week. Yeah. Going on.
1: The minutes, the seconds, we have reached our <laughs> moment. Lou <laughs> will clash like two titans. So, all right. So he does this whole thing, which is legendary. We watched the Savage Steamboat match. And then we get to the end, which we always made a big joke. Like the rolling credits with the highlights of the show is in technical terms, industry terms, known as the backhaul, which Lou would always be like, oh, it's the backhaul. Let's listen to the backhaul. <laughs> and on the original broadcast, they have Who's Zoom and Who by um, right. Aretha, Franklin. Aretha Franklin. But for this DVD, unfortunately, they were unable to use that due to copyright laws. So Lou then proceeds to download Who's Zoom and Who on iTunes. <laughs> and blasts it on his laptop, and sings along with it. So, and we hadn't even gone to the bar yet, so nobody had even had a drink. But anyway, oh, so God. he sings Who's Zooming Who. I'm loving it. I don't know if anybody else was enjoying it as much as me. Um, and then, all right, so then it's over. I'm like, all right, we can go back to the movie. And we put Friday the 13th in, and it goes right to where we left off. We put it in, That's and awesome. it just goes right there. And everyone's like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, thinking like, that was really spooky. But I guess because then one of the guys um I call him Matt Brown because he looks like Matt Brown the UFC fighter I don't know the guy who always wore a Hawaiian shirt what was the guy? I know who you're talking about. Okay, anyway, Andrew, right? I think that's his name. So I don't he not know his name, but I know who it is. His girlfriend at the time uh goes um Oh, I have a DVD player and it does that. Yeah, so, I yeah. have
0: certain <laughs> they have the one DVD that always works for me is um anything from the Monty Python Flying Circus. Series uh, because whenever you hit play all on that DVD, it will just loop and recycle the whatever it had, however many episodes it is. I think three episodes on each disc, and it'll recycle the same three, it'll just loop them back to back over and over and over again. So for all eternity, it'll play it. Mm. And we'll always just hit, you know, stop and then eject. And then the next time we put it back in, it will always pick it back up where it left off. Right. It's not like that with any. Typically, I think because with other movies, you wait, it's done, and it goes back to the menu screen, and then it, it's not going to pick up from the menu screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the mall for one second. Is okay. There, can we? Can we do that? Go for it. Yeah. Go ahead. What were your What were your big stops at the mall as a kid? Um. Well, I mean,
1: always uh, the record store, which changed right. names from Record World to the Wall to. Uh, I thought it was Record coconuts. Town. No, now, no,
0: no, no. The, then it went to Squared Circle.
1: See, those are, I didn't have. I didn't have Record Town or Squared Circle.
0: Ah. But I was, but that it was all the same kind of thing. It's all Trans World Entertainment, and I know that just because I worked for them. Hmm. The worst job ever. But um, I think it was Record Town, and then it was Squared Circle, and then it was The Wall. I mean, all these things existed at the same time in other places. Yeah. But I know me personally the the ones that I went to. Okay. That was the progression. Record Town, Square Circle, The Wall, coconuts, FYE. Uh
1: Sam Goody was great when that was in existence. Oh, yeah, it was. And The
0: Wiz, I think that's a regional
1: thing though. The Wiz yeah, but The Wiz wasn't a mall store.
0: It wasn't. But that was another place, another great place to go CD shopping. Yeah, well, Tower Records really actually is there. the
1: best of them all if
0: you wanted selection. Tower was good, yeah. The things I always loved with CD stores, uh, that was big as a kid. Because uh, it wasn't just, you know, there were CDs you could look at. That was the place to go when you wanted to find out when albums were coming out. Because, I mean, this was before, like, the internet, really. I mean, you know, the internet was there, but no one was on it. You would go to the CD store and, like, look, they would have, like, behind the cash register. They would have, like, upcoming releases for, like, the next three months. And that's where, like, you would just go study it. And that's how you'd find out. I mean, that, or you could, like, buy fucking Hit Parader magazine or some shit, which I used to do, to, like, cut out pictures of bands that I like and put them on my wall and things like that. Yeah. But uh, that was, like, great. It was a great place to just go and find shit out and go and get, like, band T-shirts. It was another thing you got at the CD store. Or, like, posters. Mm-hmm. It was big. Yeah, posters was it. a big deal. You're right. Other
1: stores in the mall that I always wanted to visit, KB Toys, which no longer KB, exists. of course.
0: Yeah. That's where you saw Clarissa, right? That is, at KB at Roosevelt Field. I saw <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart there. Oh. She asked me if my name was spelled with uh, an I-N. <laughs> I said, yes, it is. <laughs> got to go to an older show for that one. Yeah. Um, that was on our Nickelodeon shows, wasn't it? Not our Nickelodeon game shows, our Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon shows. Nickelodeon
1: shows. I don't know which episode that is, sorry. Whatever. Dig through the archives. They can read. They can find it. Okay. Uh, Gordtep.com for our archives, or iTunes, or whatever. Um, another store that I would frequently visit, never buy anything in, was the sports memorabilia store.
0: Ah, yes, that was a big one. Yeah,
1: the Hall of Heroes or whatever else it was called at the time.
0: I think we should each mention just quickly that we each had our favorite sports teams ever in the nineties. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. Tell them yours. Well, just the ninety nine Mets. I've mentioned that before. Yeah, I
1: guess you probably mentioned that quite a bit. Yeah. And for and me, you had the
0: ninety four Rangers.
1: Yeah. 94 Rangers for sure. But even aside from the 94 Rangers, um, I loved the 96, 97 Rangers. I have a bunch right. of Ranger teams, like distinct, the 92 Rangers. Um, and the Mets of 99 were, I mean, it's your number one. It's on my list as one of the greatest teams. Right. Uh, 97, a lot
0: of people forget 97 was a really great year for the Mets. That's the year. Because. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think they won like 60 games or something like that in 1996. They won 66 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do anything in the off season except like, you know, it was just 97 was going to be the first year under Bobby Valentine. And so pretty much doing nothing to the team, they went from 66 wins to 88 wins. And they were in wild card contention for most of September. So it was like this out of nowhere exciting season. Well, that's the year Hundley hit 40 home runs,
1: right? No, that was 96. Oh. I'm backwards then. That's okay. Was which was the first year of interleague play?
0: 96? 97. 97. Okay. Yeah, 97, the first the Dave Malicki game, man. Yeah. Well, no one outside anyone outside of New York doesn't give a shit about that. But first ever Mets Yankees game. Dave Malicki a fucking career nobody pitcher. <laughs> Complete game, shut up. Striking out Derek Jeter and the fucking game looking Oh, it was great! It was I, one of the best fucking days to be a Mets fan.
1: I remember going. I know you go to like about fifty games a year, so <laughs> you can't. Uh, it's not like you could pinpoint one or another or whatever. But I, I remember going. There was one. I went to a few games that year, but I made it a point to go see Roger Clemens pitch. Um, and it was a Mets oh, Blue I guess Jays he game. He was on the Blue Jays. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was an interleague game, and I, I'm pretty sure the Mets lost. It
0: doesn't surprise me. I went
1: to that game with Actually, my friend that Lee. Actually,
0: kind of surprised me. Because we did kind of own him a little bit until he hit Piazza um, in the fucking head. And then it kind of changed. Nah. We own him. Piazza owned him. Well, Piazza was no wasn't on that there. team, Kev. Piazza I, know we, I know he wasn't on that team. I know he didn't come until 98. Yeah. but um, just Piazza did. I, Piazza completely owned him. Yeah. But I think it was one of those things we usually got the better of him. But as soon as he hit Piazza in the head with the baseball, it all changed.
1: Well, we can look that one up, but I believe he beat the Mets that day. And I'm not uh, saying he didn't beat them. Yeah, and you would say Piazza poned him, but we certainly didn't pone him in the '86 World Series.
0: Ah, uh, well, we still beat him. Yeah, not Actually, him. We, we, well, just no, not him. He we was beat Bob Stanley and Calvin right. Schiraldi. Yeah, Clemens you're was right. unstoppable. Yeah, well, he was the MVP that year. Yeah, he was really great. Right. Anyway, okay, too much Mets talk. Sorry.
1: Right. <laughs> also, the Knicks teams of the '90s I want to mention too. The '94 right, yeah. team goes to, to the finals the same year as the Rangers, and they had you know they had a bunch of good years there. Even the '99 Knicks went to the finals against the Spurs, completely out of nowhere, the eighth
0: seed. That was really great. Yeah, yeah, that I, was a lot of fun. I was in
1: my dorm room in college uh, for the end of Game Five when Allen Houston uh, made the layup at the last second to win. A game it was a best of five series, so that's basically like a game seven. Um, right. And the Knicks are down by a point, and he drives in and scores a buzzer beater to win the game and the series against the number one seed. I was, uh, right. you know, you can hear the screams from all the other rooms. That's part of the fun of being in the dorm for something like that is you hear everybody yeah. screaming and yelling. Um, Not
0: to mention the four point play. Oh, Larry the four, Johnson.
1: the Larry Johnson four point play. That's yeah, that's incredible. Uh, yeah. That, the,
0: that's another thing we yeah. could talk about going to college. Because that's just that is part of the college experience, right oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I remember another one that I remember unrelated to those two, but um, when McGuire hit his sixty-second home run.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. I was in my
1: dorm room, and I remember I was like, "Yeah!" I, I screamed, and there somebody was walking by in the hallways, like, "Hey, what's up?" I was like, "McGuire just hit 62. He's like, "Oh no, shit!" He came in, and then uh, other people you could hear down the
0: hall like, "McGuire just hit one," you know. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun, man. But, uh, first season that was. Yeah. Going to college in general. College was great, man. Just to be that far away from home and have, like, that much freedom. I remember going to orientation. How mm. you know, there were kids who were there taking summer classes on campus with the rest of us. And I was like, all these kids, you know, 17, 18 years old, like, away from home with a shitload of other fucking, like, horny teenagers for the first time, basically. <laughs> and,. I think we were up like every night till like four in the fucking morning. Yeah. Until the like, yeah. campus police would come down and say, kids, go to bed.
1: We, um, I had a great time at my orientation. I just, um, it's funny. I almost, you know, I loved my years in college and I had some spectacular memories. But for some reason, I feel like orientation might have even been better than that. I just loved it. I, um, I made a whole bunch of friends, like right off the bat. Uh, we hung out. Late at night – I we were in Dayo Hall in New Paltz, which was um, – Yeah, I
0: stayed in Dayo as well. But you yeah. were – well, it doesn't matter. I was in group three. I don't know what group you were in.
1: I was in the first week of July. I don't know what that was. but All right. Uh, I drove up there, and my mom went up there. But she was – they had like a separate thing for parents. It wasn't like, – it's was just mm-hmm. like they had parents in a dorm. I don't know if you knew that. Did your mom do that? Oh, or? yeah. I know that. Yeah. So – but I was totally separate. I think I had like one meal with her the whole time I was there. Um I just can remember hanging out late at night. And it was a beautiful summer night. We were outside, outside the hall, and I was talking to girls the whole time. It was just so awesome. Um, then we were inside walking around. In fact, here's just a random throwaway thing. A guy um, is walking by, another kid in orientation, right? And I look at this guy, and I go, dude, hold on a second. I just got to tell you this. You look exactly like Evander Holyfield. <laughs> <laughs> like, you look like you could be Evander Holyfield. And the guy starts laughing and he goes, you're like the 10th guy to say that to me. And and I was like, you must hear that all the time. And he goes, I never heard it before in my life until today. So wow. I am thinking that this guy never got it because all the kids that he grew up with just grew up with him, just knew him. His name was uh, Kester, I believe. And they just knew him as Kester or whatever. And then he goes away for the first time in his life. And he's around a bunch of kids from all over the place. And everybody's like, holy shit, it's Evander Holyfield's little kid. <laughs> so uh, that was a random Love thing. Uh, and then Love that it. that night we were up. Uh, were you in suites? Yeah, everybody's in a suite, right? Yeah. It was Dale, so it had to be a suite. Um, it was supposed to be boys in one and girls in another, but... Oh, we man. were all together, boys and girls, <laughs> and um, we were just having a blast. We were up really late, and I remember the girls, they slept there with us, I believe. I don't think they ever left. I think we slept in sleeping bags. Yeah, we were all. I know in the two of our bag.
0: guidance counselors were sleeping together.
1: Oh, is that right? Oh, Steve Papp, sure. Steve, and that uh, blonde one? Was it
0: Michelle? Was that her name? I don't remember. And I think so. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, I was thinking about this today. It was actually a great question. It was my alternate lead-in question to the show. Oh, wait, hang on, because uh, I
1: have one more orientation thing. You have oh, sure, more? sure, sure. Okay. Um, I know you could figure out when I was there based on this. I um, was there for a Monday night because it was, the, you know, it was back in the days of the Monday night wrestling wars and all of that. Right. And I can remember asking Steve Papp if there was a way that we could watch wrestling. I don't know what the deal was. Like there was other stuff going on. I was like, you know, wrestling's on at like from nine to eleven. Is there any way I could see? It's like, yeah, whatever. You come back to my room and watch it because I didn't have a TV naturally, right? You know, so it was like, was there a place to watch it? So we watched in his room. A bunch of us went in there, and it was the night that Bill Goldberg defeated Hulk Hogan in the Georgia Dome. That's, so
0: that's a that's a big night. It's that I mean,
1: for the wrestling fans, otherwise you wouldn't even know what the hell I'm talking about. But for wrestling fans listening, that really was like a like a landmark moment in wrestling for that era. So it was all right. So go ahead. What were you gonna say?
0: I was just gonna say my alternate leading question in regards to being in a huge group uh, and having this huge reaction you hear everywhere uh, in high school. Were you watching the O.J. verdict when it happened?
1: No, I was in uh, the library in um, in uh, Long Beach High School. I was in the library with my friends Tommy Llewellyn and Justin Devine, and Tommy and Justin, I believe, both had uh, Walkman on. Either they both did or one of them did. I didn't. Oh, and I was Walkman's.: Yeah, and amazing. I was amazing. <laughs> so they're listening to the radio, and I'm sitting there waiting. It's funny, from that day, I actually still have on tape somewhere the Howard Stern Show from that morning. Really? because he did a whole OJ Simpson retrospective with all like the old bits and jokes which was just hysterical and i loved it because robin wasn't there and robin just ruins the show so it was like robin was sick or I something like robin. she was like sick so it was just it was like howard and jackie and fred doing all the OJ stuff and it was just fantastic but anyway so tommy and justin are listening and tommy's rooting for OJ to be set free for god knows why and right. and Justin is hoping he's locked up forever, you know, going to the chair, whatever. Um, so I'm sitting there waiting to see their reactions. And and as soon as it's announced, Tommy starts laughing, and Justin gets so pissed he starts smashing the table, pounding the table with his fist.
0: <laughs> and you knew right So then? I knew
1: immediately. All right. OJ's uh, found not guilty. Where were now, you, Kev? I was, um,
0: I was in class. We all had TVs in our classrooms, uh, and we had... Channel One News was the name of it. I don't know who else in the country had Channel One News, but uh, that's probably big-time 300 bucks damage for some people. Actually, uh, Anderson Cooper got his start on Channel One News. Big name now, but uh, that is his name, Anderson Cooper, right? CNN guy? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, but So I think everyone was like, okay, you're allowed to turn on the TV, and everyone had the TVs on, and they were watching the verdict. And when they said not guilty, I remember everyone in the classroom, just jumped up and cheered. And the entire school was cheering. And it was like one of these things you get caught up in it. You're like, yeah, okay. Everyone's happy. But it was just kind of like after it was over, everyone was like, wow, that's really fucking dumb. How did he get off? I don't but- think
1: we understood the... Um, I know I didn't. And don't get me wrong. I was like a smart kid and everything, but I don't think I really was comprehending what was going on there. A guy just killed two people. Like Nobody in the world didn't think that he killed two people you know what? it's just like the guy was a murderer he was right? just like so clearly a murderer and he was found innocent and i didn't i don't know i i don't think people really got it i don't think they understood what was going on there yeah i i agree why would kid room. why would they cheer because the guy like scored a touchdown
0: i don't understand <laughs> i guess he was he was he's nordberg he so yeah the, uh, so I, I loved him as nordberg but what he killed people I know, uh, I know. Oh no, man, weird. So, were you? Because uh, I could easily transition to the bad part of the '90s here for me. Were you? Were you a fan of high school? I certainly was not. You know, we we've gone over this. Sometimes it's it's.
1: Um, uh, at times I was. At times I wasn't. There were moments where I was, not moments, but I guess like some years I enjoyed it. Some years I didn't. I loved my senior year. That was great. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know. I, I, looking back, I don't have an, as negative an opinion as you do. I think, looking back, I think of it more fondly than I thought of it at the time. For you, it's just pure misery,
0: huh? Well, being in school itself was misery. Um my junior and senior year being outside of school was okay because I had found this like new group of friends. I mean, of course Crackerman was always there, and I would always go home after school to hang out with him, and that was always fun. But uh yeah, always just at school in general, I was just so fucking miserable. I really I hated it. I absolutely fucking hated it, man. Hmm. There's so and there's so <clears> much <throat> petty bullshit going on, so much crap that everyone's like you know, this is important. And it's like, no, it's not. And things that you just know aren't important. And I, I hated the fact that in school, and the Virgo still kills me over this, but I hated the fact that, like, you know, I can get, like, an 82 on a test and be like, fuck, 82% is not bad. But everyone's like, that's a horrible test score. Like, no, a fucking 11 is a horrible <laughs> test score, and 82 is not bad. Yeah. It's not the best test score, but... If you ask me a hundred questions about something and I get 82 of them right, I know what the fuck I'm talking about.
1: You know what? I think there's something that has to be mentioned here, um, is I went to a public school. You went to a Catholic school, an all-boys yeah. school.
0: No, it was not all-boys school. Oh,
1: I thought it was. It was co-ed. That's where I met the Virgo. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. So it was a co-ed, yeah, I mean, I but still cool. Catholic school where you had to wear a uniform, right? Yeah.
0: So, uniform, there's a lot of stupid, stupid, stupid bullshit. Yeah that I had to put up with in cats. Oh, don't Street. get me wrong.
1: I had to do I had to put up with plenty of stupid bullshit too. Right. Um I guess it would be for another show, but uh you know do you know the story about the t-shirts that we weren't allowed to wear and all of that?
0: Uh maybe. We but had this a, is like like the DX t-shirts. Well, no,
1: no, no. We had a group that we we called the click. Right. It was a a group of us, say, I don't know, 10, 12 kids. And we had t shirts printed up that said the click on the front. And then, like, a little nickname on the back for each person. And, you know, I don't even want to get into this. It's going to be too long of All a right. story. But the bottom line was, uh, it, it, the culmination of this was the drunk pedestrian and me sitting in the principal's office. Um, and I am arguing like a fucking lawyer with the principal. And then, some and then even shouting a little bit back and forth about how absurd it was that they were trying to prevent us from wearing these shirts. So right. I just um, you know I stood my ground and I wore it. And they never really wore it. they tried they tried to stop me, but what the what the hell are they gonna do? Yeah, and what? And I was I, a I, good uh, student.
0: I, ran, <laughs> I I ran into a lot of trouble like that. Yeah, stupid shit. Like you know I'd have a like just a certain, like, I would have, like, a long-sleeve shirt under a short-sleeve shirt. And everyone's like, you're not allowed to do that. I'm like, why not? It's fucking retarded. Yours but- is, your situation is far different, though, because the
1: school has a uniform, and you're not allowed to break that code.
0: Ah, uh, but they were very, they were lax on it. It wasn't a strict, strict, strict uniform. It got stricter. Now I know all kids have to wear, the, I heard in my old high school, all kids have to wear the same kind of shoes, which is insane. It's like, you have to wear these shoes, period. You cannot wear any other shoes. Honestly, to me, that's I've gone back crazy. and
1: forth. I've gone back and forth on this. Um, as a kid, I would have hated it, but you know what? As an adult, I start to see the benefit in uniforms, and uh, oh, i oh. I got to be on my how philosophy of benefit uniforms? Because, you know what? When you don't have uniforms, that's how kids are made fun of and picked on. They're wearing this thing or that thing, or people are, are dressing provocatively to try and throw everything off, forget girls are wearing these ridiculous outfits at young ages. And I mean, it's just, look, I'm not, I'm not uh, going to say I would ever vote for the uniform thing, but I can certainly see it and don't think it's the worst thing in the world.
0: I 1000% disagree.
1: I thought also think that it's important, although this is, you know, a change. I'm a changed person now than I was back then. But I think that uh, too much of this ego stuff is is uh, not necessarily a good thing, and surrendering your ego in those days is probably best to keep people from ah, blowing out of proportion. There's a
0: difference between surrendering your ego and expressing your individuality. Yeah, there's a common. And you would still get made fun. of... Listen, I remember there was still plenty, even if you were wearing uniforms. There was still plenty of shit to make fun of back when I back when we were in school. Like, if you didn't have a JanSport bag. Was that a huge deal in Long no, Beach? No, nobody... it was a big fucking no. deal in Queens. I would never... The Jansport bag, like, oh, you don't have Jansport or you're a fucking loser.
1: That stuff would never have affected me. I, You know, I was somehow... I avoided all of this. I don't know how. Nobody ever gave me shit about any of that stuff, and I was above all of that somehow, but... Um, you're lucky. I, I guess. I was never,
0: like, picked on, right? I don't know. I just had a good childhood, I guess, but... The way to get around that, by the way, the obvious way, is to get an... I had gotten, like, I think, Eurosport. and it wasn't Eurosport. It was something sport. It was a it was a Jansport rip-off, but then you just cover it with band patches, which was, like, a huge deal in high school. You're putting <laughs> all your favorite bands patching all over your, your backpack. That was a lot of fun. I loved doing that. I had them on a denim I jacket.
1: I had a Van Halen, and uh, it was actually a hand-me-down from my brother, but I loved it. had Van Halen and Randy Rose
0: and... Randy Rhodes, right. that is, sorry. But whatever. The other thing, thing earlier on that people would get crazy over, but this is back in the, in the early 90s, before we were in high school, was starter jackets. Was a starter <laughs> yeah. jacket a big deal for you? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really big deal. I had a starter jacket.
0: Right. And the whole thing was, too, it wasn't so much like having a starter jacket in my school. It was once someone got one, you couldn't get another because then you were a biter. Like, if someone had a giant starter jacket, and then you got a giant starter jacket, you're a fucking biter. You're not allowed to wear that jacket. That's not my jacket. I got it first.
1: Well, that's really, yeah, you couldn't copy something somebody else had.
0: Agreed. Right. And I remember I got an Atlanta Falcon starter jacket, because like, no one had one. I'm like, it's a decent design. <laughs> nice. But of course, it didn't work for me, because I was a fucking nerd anyway. So I'd go into school, and everyone's like, the Falcons suck. Why are you wearing that shirt? It's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> can't win. I remember it got so bad there was um there was uh, I forget what it was. Uh I think it was it was Rocco, this kid Rocco and this kid Joey Roselli. Two well, two of the three fattest kids in our class. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um but they both walked in on a Monday. Wait, Rocco with, Joey
1: Roselli, I just want to know who was the third fattest kid that you didn't mention yet.
0: Jason Gomes. Okay. But uh <laughs> he but regardless, he uh they both came in on a Monday with a Buffalo Bills starter jacket, and they went to war. They're like, you can't wear that! They were like yelling at each other immediately when they saw it. They were like, I bought mine on Saturday! I bought mine on Saturday, too! I bought mine at, like, 1 o'clock! I was like, I bought mine at 1230! You're not allowed to wear that! I got it first! It's like, holy shit! This wow. is ridiculous now! That's like women. Out of control.
1: That's women fighting over a dress. What's that? I said that's women fighting over a dress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god. All right. Yeah, man. You want to do rap? Then luckily. Wait. What's that? No, go ahead and
1: say what you're going to say.
0: I was just going to say I was a uh, just fashion-wise, I still say the uh 90s grunge fashion. I guess you could say it's still my all-time favorite. Yeah. Not- it was drab yet colorful. Not I was for a me. Big big fan.
1: Do uh, you want to do rapid fire where we just mention something and talk a few seconds because sure. we're kind of getting towards the end? Okay. Yeah. The Titanic a fucking movie that every girl in America watched 10 times. And um, I remember I went out with a girl about four years ago and we were hanging out and went on a few dates and I was talking to her name was uh, Morgan. And I can remember telling her. Based on who she was, I said, I'll, I, I bet that you had a Leonardo DiCaprio poster in your room when you grew up. And she goes, yep. I said, I'll bet you saw Titanic at least two times. She goes, yeah, I saw it three times in the theater. I've never seen all of it. You know that? Um, I saw part of it, pur- not all of it either.
0: Pur- yeah, I, good, you too. Yeah. I've purposely never seen all of it.
1: I had no interest in it, and what I saw was really not very good. So,
0: Right. I remember someone telling me, like, oh, well, you should watch the end, because the whole thing, Titanic going down, is, like, so f- cool to watch. I remember spending a hey. fucking hour watching the end and going, "I'm not that impressed." Nah, I wasn't. Same thing impressed. with Avatar. Everyone's like, "It's amazing." You watch it you go. Eh, not really. Not so much for me. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Your turn. Oh, uh, I I could fire off a whole shitload of things at once. Go ahead. Or do you want? We want to go one at a time here? Yeah, we're going back and forth until we run out. All right, uh, back just movies a little bit. If you had to name, like, the ultimate '90s movie. Where it's like, you know, you see it, you go, wow, this is such a 90s movie. Clerks. The obvious choice is clueless, but... No, Clerks! Clerks! Clerks, dude. You, clerks is a good choice. Clerks is a very good choice. I, I would, I would be, oh, be okay with that. But personally, mm-hmm. I'm torn between Natural Born Killers, which is, in my opinion, the greatest love story ever told, and Pulp Fiction, very 90s. <laughs> Natural born
1: killers is the greatest love story ever told? Absolutely. fucking lutely. That's another horror movie. Alright. Sure. <laughs> both Tarant- both written by Tarantino. Okay. Um The Magic Johnson Show.
0: Oh God. <laughs> Awful.
1: Um <laughs> I'll throw in the Chevy when, Chase when did, show. When
0: was Chevy, Ch- when was Chevy Chase on Fox? Is that the 90s or was that the late No, 90s? that was the
1: 90s. Chevy Chase was 93, I believe, and Magic Johnson was more like 96, 97. Oh, God. But the worst show ever. But when Howard Stern was on, it was classics. See if you can find that one on YouTube. I'll yeah. see. Okay.
0: Uh, now that we're talking TV, uh, I was going to say one of the best pieces of technology from the 90s that everyone forgets about because it, it was the coolest thing in the world when he got it, the universal remote. It was awesome when you first got it. Because, I mean, back then it was like, all right, you have your TV remote, you have your cable remote, and you have your VCR remote. And now it's like, instead of having three, you have one. That was really fucking cool, man.
1: Yeah. Big fan of the Universal remote. Okay. More shit from the uh, 1990s. Boy bands. This Ugh. NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, um,
0: I don't New know. New Kids on the Block.
1: New Kids on the Block. was late 80s, early 90s. Hanson. Yeah. Although, I kind of like that oombop i got to admit it. I like oh. that. But, yeah, I, I it was like, all right, let's just get a bunch of um, effeminate looking men and put them in a band.
0: One of my all-time favorite shirts on uh, t-shirthell.com, which is one of my favorites, uh, one of the best shirts they ever had years ago was a shirt that said, I fucked the girl from Hanson.
1: <laughs> all right. Is there a girl in I'm Hanson? Standing.
0: No. That's the joke. Oh, the okay. Word. All right. Your turn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh The Death of Superman. How about that? that oh, was a big deal. Wow. Yeah. Everyone did you, everyone had a copy of that. Did you? Yeah. Even if it was like a reprint or it was just No, I book? no,
1: I had the original black bag.
0: And the black bag? Yeah. Wow, big deal, man. I had black. Course, I think it's worthless now, which is so sad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: With Doomsday. Yeah, I had the black bag and a white bag. I got later
0: on, but right. Well, yeah, the white bag was uh, Adventures of Superman 600, I think something like that, but it was like when the return of the Superman storyline started with Superboy and the Steel and the Eradicator and th- Hank Henshaw, all those guys. Yeah, I was big into that. I loved that whole storyline. That was great. Okay, that was also when uh, Batman got his back broken, or uh, like a year later, Bruce Wayne. That I don't and know. He came back and he defeated Bane. That was a really that was a fun storyline. Okay, but there we go. That, those those are the big comic stories in the nineties. Okay, not in Maximum Carnage, but fuck Spider Man because he's a puss. Al- anyway. Along the comic book uh, circle, well, actually it's more,
1: well, kind of cartoonish. It was uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, had the video game oh, Shaq Fu, <laughs> which is like widely regarded as the worst video game of all time to the point that the people are making it a crusade to destroy every copy that's still out there.
0: It's the next E.T. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much. It's the E.T. of the 90s. Um, and just with Shaq also, he made a movie called Kazam, which sure. I have, uh, you know, that's like one of the worst movies I ever saw in the theater. Also,
0: he also made Steel, but I think, uh, and as we were talking about the Superman story, but I think Steel may have come out in the very early 2000s. All right. I never Still saw really it. Wrong. Never saw it. But I did, I went and I saw Blue Chips in the theater because I wanted to see Shaq on the big screen. Love that movie. Do you really? I saw it once. I thought it was stupid. No, I love blue
1: chips. Well, I'm a basketball fan. At least I was. But I loved blue chips. Absolutely. Yeah. You didn't like blue chips, huh? Oh, yeah,
0: wow. Well. But, I mean, I was young. What the fuck do I care? Okay. Uh, one thing I didn't like uh, in regards to fashion, fat-ass jinko pants. I don't that know. whole fucking skater thing. Mm. I was not a skater kid. But uh yeah the the ball chain necklaces I have to admit to having for like uh, two months that stuff was And the and the, and the wallet chains holy shit I crap. was a wallet chain guy and a half
1: Yeah I know you were you always had the chain going on I mean I that it, at least it means like somebody can't steal it without like yanking your whole body with it so Yeah
0: that that's that that was a big part of it So too, I understand that, you know, it, it was
1: just I just didn't bash. like it and then all right I'm going to pick one that you loved and I did not like was this whole goth stuff Get it? I wouldn't get, say I loved. It. Oh, you loved goth. Get this. I just had a white of, makeup. Like half and my friends were goth. dye your hair, and oh, I'm so upset. I'm rebelling against my parents. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's it the dark. Nothing to do with
0: parents, man. It had nothing to 100% do. One hundred percent
1: parents. My parents. No, it's not, dude. The My parents don't get like, me. Fucking
0: as goth as they come, and she gets along with her parents fine. It has nothing really so much to do with parents. It was just, it had a lot to do with society. Oh, you know? uh, let's
1: just pretend like we're in a graveyard all day. Life is. Oh, blah. man.
0: All right. Well, hang on a second here. There's a big difference. And I, if you want to talk goth, I have to say there is a major difference. Um, there are the difference, the way you could tell if a person was goth or not was if they're wearing like all black and everything and like, you know, they're wearing the fucking makeup and all that shit. And you said, hey, you're goth, right? If they said, no, I'm not fucking goth, that means that they were. But if someone was out saying oh I'm so goth check me out like I'm as goth as a fucking corpse then they weren't then they were just opposers I knew it was a Why problem
1: happened? when my freshman comp teacher and and new Paltz was a goth person Who? her name was Jacqueline all aHL she's probably
0: still oh, out there man. but she was nothing goth- wrong with goths. I'm still friends with goths. whatever' they're I, friends, they're, they're nice they smile. I don't you know
1: what honestly dude I can't even separate all of that stuff because to me, I I just love anything where you have dyed hair and are like act like you're upset about everything all the time and oh what a woe was me I have such a terrible life. And Anyone
0: who's doing that was probably a fucking poser. Well, because they wanted so bad to fit in that image. Because the reality is they would just that's how they like to dress. They're just like yeah this is oh, I like the way this whatever. There's
1: all this I'm negative attitude. And and you know what I couldn't stomach. This purple hair—I know you're a fan of that too. Couldn't take the purple hair or the the lip piercings or the uh, fifty rings on your ears like uh, Donna Trainer
0: or or sing or single moms or guys with AIDS who ride the seven train on the way to Shea Stadium. I was not going there. Um, <laughs> The nose that the ring, John Rocker reference for those yeah. out
1: there. The fucking nose ring is just absolute bullshit. I could do a whole well, hour about, what, on
0: that. Do, do, you, do you care if it's a stud or a ring? Does that matter? Like, is a stud better? Than I a guess ring a stud you?
1: is slightly less offensive. But if I had to pick one of the least attractive parts on a woman's body, I would say it's her nostril and where her boogers are. And when you put a ring on your nose. All you're doing is drawing my attention to the least attractive part of your body. I mean, we could go into the whole ta- <laughs> tattoo thing where I think that's disgusting, and when I'm with a girl, and all of a sudden she has a tattoo. All right, I whatever. We're not going to go too deep job. into this. Yeah, I cannot stand them. But uh, well,
0: You and I are on different worlds. We man. total. well, we world.
1: absolutely are. Um, but, yeah, okay, go ahead. We're running out of time. My phone's dying, so let's hurry up. Troll
0: dolls. Did you have troll dolls? Yeah, I love trolls, yep. Troll dolls were big. Uh, let me think. What else? Oh, another fashion that we could actually both probably say that we hated was pants down to the knees. Ugh. Terrible. Well, that, that was one of those things where at first it was like, all right, you're wearing your pants low, but it got insane. To the point where it's like, you just look like a fucking idiot.
1: Well, Pants on the Ground. Have you seen that guy on the American Idol? Oh, God,
0: yeah. And it was I, I'm still not impressed. It was one of those things. Yeah, it's funny for ten seconds. and then I just don't care anymore.
1: Okay. Well, I also didn't like the pants. I guess you probably thought that's what the skater thing was, where they were shorts, but they were like pants.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about like like um, capris? Yeah. Like three-quarter length pants? They go I'm down to their Canada. sneakers and they're like, no, these are shorts, dude. Whatever. Shut the fuck up. Uh, don't you remember? I, uh, oh, I kind of know what you're saying. That's it, Yeah, but don't you remember when in college I had the gimmick where, and still, I only saw one other person in my entire life pull this off. But I would wear like the three-quarter length pants, and I would have pajama pants on underneath, and they would stick out the bottom. Remember that? that was <laughs> I do. cool as hell. I do remember that. <laughs> that was really fucking cool. I don't care what anyone says. All
1: right. Um, Jar Jar Binks. He's uh, oh. my least favorite person of the 1990s. Uh, also,
0: There you go. I'm Fair just, enough. I'm going to run a few. I agree with you there.
1: Okay, I'm going to run a few, then you run a few, then we're done. Um, uh, I hated the show Friends. I know it was incredibly popular and everybody loved it, but I did not like it. I watched it a couple of times with some girl, Melissa Agreed. Gonzalez, her name was, and uh, I could not get into it. Uh, the Spice Girls,
0: I didn't cool. really like the Spice Girls. I didn't hate them, but I didn't really like them. I loved the fucking first pictures of Ginger Spice when they came out, Jerry Hall. That's what got you in trouble, huge.
1: didn't that get you in trouble?
0: Oh yeah, that did. That got me in trouble, man. My mom found him. Oh, I was in deep trouble.
1: All right, you you just roll. Um. Oh wait, a couple more things. Sorry. Um. Somehow, uh, rap music and sampling became an accepted form of music. Ugh,
0: Don't that, you know? That's a shame because I was into like the early. I mean, I was into like the Cypress Hill and the House of Pain, like. Ray Ice Cube Snoop Dogg in the beginning of the decade. I thought they were, you know, good. But then you're right when like fucking Puff Daddy came along and it's like, "Oh man, let me tell you, sampling is hard." It's like, "No, fucking Puff Daddy, writing your own fucking music is hard."
1: <laughs> that that drove me nuts. Right. And then um I had one other thing that I mentioned and you argued that it was 80s, but Neon green and pink colors and rad and all of that stuff. Like I think of that as early 90s, like with the slap bracelets and all of that. But you're telling me that's
0: 80s bleeding that is, into 90s? That is absolutely the afterbirth. Well, rad is completely 80s. Did you ever see the movie Rad that came out in 86 about BMXs?
1: No, but I
0: did see Gleaming yeah. the Cube. <laughs> Gleaming the Cube, that's an 80s movie. But uh, you know
1: what? I just, I'm sorry, one more thing, then you go. is The whole skater sure. thing is that... I loved the skateboard, uh, I had a skateboard, I yeah. was okay, um, but then all of a sudden, instead of, like, I always liked the idea of a skateboard, sort of like the Marty McFly model, in that it was a mode of transportation, you know what I mean? Right. You, you could ride it, I could ride it into town, or I could ride it around the block, or whatever, but then all of a sudden, it was more of this, you're passionate about skateboarding, so you go to the skateboard park, and you hang out with all these skateboard guys who dress a certain way, and act a certain way. And then it was like, fuck this. I don't even want to do it anymore. So, right. all right, you go, run through them, and then we're going to head out.
0: The, um, we were talking about Ginger Spice briefly earlier, and I just remember being especially thrilled because she was the Spice Girl with the biggest tits. So she was the one whose tits you really wanted to see. So when I found out, oh, hey, Spice Girl, topless pictures, it was her. It was like, yeah, this is perfect. Um, which reminds me of uh, falling in love with Pamela Anderson and the rest of the Baywatch girls yeah. in the 90s. And, like, she's, you know, naked every ten seconds, and how great that was. And I think that sex tape came out in the 90s, didn't it? Mm, yes, yes. Very late, yeah. Yes. And That was, oh, holy shit, you know, the greatest thing in the world. Um, other girls I was in love with back then, completely in love with. Besides, there was the two girls from Veruca Salt. There was Shirley Manson from Garbage. There was, uh, Jewel was a big one that everyone loved. Uh, Nev Campbell, Sharon Stone was big in the beginning of the Love day, but, Sharon you know, Stone. Alicia Silverstone was huge. But I remember I was the first person to predict. I mean, not that she ever did, but there was a time right before Batman Forever came out. Worst, oh, phew. Fights Episode one is the worst movie of the 90s, uh, Batman and Robin. But I remember every interview with her when she was starting to get famous after Clueless, every interview with her, she always said, I've been bad today because I've eaten this, this, and this. And then another thing was, like, oh, I had three brownies today. I'm being bad. And I said, she's going to get fat. And sure enough, right before Batman and Robin, I mean, of course, this is society's fat. So she probably weighed like 130 pounds or something, which is like, it's not fat. It might be chubby, but it's not fat. But it doesn't fucking matter. That was Alicia Silverstone. She was big. Uh, we talked about AOL and how huge that was. Go back to our AOL show if you want. That was big on... Uh, uh, helping talk to girls especially huge uh mtv as a whole in the decade loved it early on loved the shows uh especially loved uh, uh you know oddly enough the uh mtv after hours or whatever it was where they would show videos for like six or seven hours yeah. that was uh, that was a lot of fun i love staying up late to watch that but then you know, I guess as all kids do, you just eventually outgrow MTV. It's just, you, no, just but the, don't you know, care but the, the 90s, I
1: mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Beavis and Butthead, which is our theme song. Of um, course, and, right.
0: Beavis yeah. and Butthead, I mean, also on MTV, you know, you had the fucking, you had the state, you had right. Daria, I was actually a fan of, shit like that. Liquid Grandin Television. State, was on it for a while. Liquid Television, <clears> right. There was a lot of really cool shit on back then. Yeah. And then Alternative Nation, for me, was great. John Stewart uh,
1: Show, singled out. All kinds
0: right, that all that shit. It was fun, and then just you know, we just we outgrew it. You know that we were approaching adulthood. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm still. I don't even know if I classify myself myself as an adult now. I think but, you are. You are. Yeah. yeah. Sadly. sadly. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just that kind of sucked to outgrow it because there was such a backlash, and I just I hated it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got to the point where they were part of the machine. Where, um, and well, anyway, in New York, as far as rock music goes. There was one station, Q104, that was phenomenal. And then suddenly they started to suck because they were playing everything out. the Same songs over and over, like to the extreme. Then uh, K-Rock, which was a classic rock station for as long as I remember, became uh, modern rock as well. So we had two modern rock stations for a period of like two months. And it was great because if you didn't like something on one station, you went to another. Then Q104 went to classic rock. And then we only had 92.3, and it was fucking terrible. And as far as music went, it was like everything was starting to really go sour. And the only thing that we had left was the stuff that wasn't popular, popular yet, like Corn and the Deftones and bands like that. And then MTV caught up with them, and MTV said, "Hey, check out this band, Corn." And then Corn became this big deal, and it was like, you know what? It's over now. I can't like, it's, you've ruined everything and you've played out everything that I've liked. I can't take it anymore. So that was kind of sad, and. uh one last thing, I'll just rattle these off. Fresh, dope, the bomb, boom shakalaka, mad props, fat, and step off. <laughs> step off, George. All right.
1: Uh we're going to macarena ourselves on out of here. Oh boy, yeah. This is a really long show, so I hope uh, that if that you that you enjoyed it and I guess if you listened this long you did, right? Probably, Yeah. Or they skipped ahead and like, what the fuck is it this week with this hour and 20-minute bullshit? But whatever. So, folks, uh, please tell your friends, tell your neighbors. 300 bucks damage on com. New episodes every Saturday. Next week, we're going to be going to the 1980s. The week after that, we're doing Superman movies. Lots of good things on tap. Uh, we actually came up with a great topic this past week um, where we're going to talk about... It's down the road, but... Um, well, whatever. I'm not even going to tell them. I'm not even going to tell them. Just stay tuned. Keep. I already did tell them. I mentioned the mic. We could
0: cut it out. Okay. All
1: right, whatever. Just um, be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't already, do it. Go to our website. There's iTunes. There's a little link that says iTunes on the right-hand side. Click on that. Then click iTunes and download it or search for us. 300 bucks damage or uh, Zune or whatever your thing is. Just uh, find us on there and tell your friends because we need listeners. We've got listeners, but we're... We're a growing podcast, and uh, if we're going to continue to this show, we need to have uh, more listeners. So feedback is always appreciated. Send your emails to podcast.gortep.com. Uh, last week, I was thanking our, our listeners out in Oregon and uh, Illinois. This week, I want to say thank you to the folks um, in Georgia from the Back in the Day show. Uh, very much appreciate it. And... Um, that's it? I don't even know. Am I running out? Am I saying anything? Did I forget something? That's it for episode
0: 32. Did you mention that it was episode 32 in the beginning? I did. I did. I didn't do it like...
1: Episode 32.
0: Episode 32! 32 <laughs> of 300 bucks
1: damage? Yeah, that I did. That's how I did it. <laughs> so, All right, so that's it. We're going to be back uh, next week. I want to thank you all for listening and uh, for Ham City Kevin Queens. I'm Gord Tepp on Long Island saying,
0: Have a good night. All right. Love it.
1: Applesauce. <laughs> we may have to blast.
0: We're live now. I think you woke up the, the day dead day with that blast. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, my notes. Oh, man. I'm ready. I'm
1: ready! All right. All righty. Booyah.
0: Okay. Okay, terrific.
1: What was that? Okay, terrific. Okay, terrific.
0: <coughs>
1: oh, I don't have your good things. I only have my bad things. What? I have to get your...
0: You sent me good
1: things from the 90s, didn't you?
0: Sure. I, it's it's a lot more detailed on my notes, though, so you might as well just scrap that.
1: Uh, well, can you send it to me?
0: Uh, Just so I'd I know what we're n- talking about. No? I mean, I guess I could. Hang on. All right, whatever. We'll just... We'll figure it out. I mean, I could. It's just the only reason why I would say no is just because I don't want to fuck with this program. All right, don't worry about it. We're good. You know, once it's going, I don't want to screw with it. Yeah, all right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Never mind that, never mind that now. It's just, I mean, it's, all it is, what do we got? It's like, I didn't write much. I think it was just like music, movies, fucking, like, girls, that kind of shit. All right, don't worry, don't worry. What's that? Don't worry about it. I got it. We're good. Oh, you got it? No, but don't worry about it. All right. Okay. Making mixtapes, going to the mall, that shit. There's more than that. Whatever. Here we go. Right. right, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. <clears throat>
1: That sign says applesauce. No, no, no. It says applause. What? That's Larry Sanders.
0: What is that from?
1: The intro to Larry Sanders. He's warming up the crowd. Oh. Says, that sign says applesauce. No, 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 no. It says applause. Could you flick that once? And then they clap. All right. <laughs> They did it every show. It
0: was like every show that was his warm-up joke. That's what we should start the show off with this week.